try yours. Hello? Hello? Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Gordon, and today... I am with a special guest, also my boss, Jonathan Alexander. Mm-hmm. I made him put me on. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a raise out of this. <laughs> a big, fat raise. <laughs> uh, so I guess, first and foremost, do you want to explain who you are? Yeah. Uh, so thanks for having me, Gordon. I was invited, for the record. I didn't force my way onto this. Probably the first guest. Well, no, Patrick was. I'll say you're probably the first guest that doesn't listen to the well, podcast. the first real guest. <laughs> yeah. Patrick doesn't count. Okay. Well, the first real guest that doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, my name is Jonathan Alexander, born and raised here in Houston. I'm the president of Adore Ministries, and I have four kids and a beautiful wife. And, yeah, I think that's good. I don't, I don't want to give too much information, you know? What is Adore Ministries? Adore Ministries is a nonprofit ministry. And basically, uh, if we had to sum it up quickly, it's we are all about the spirit of accompaniment in the world. So, you know, it's no joke and, and, and it's no question in anyone's mind. Like, the world is in a very divisive place and a very divisive situation. And what we want to do is just walk alongside and accompany people in the midst of all of that, you know, and so uh, when you look at Adore Ministries, you might say, like, what do these guys do? Why do they do so much? And uh, we would say, well, you know, it's no secret that, you know, the inner city is long been forgotten and abandoned, especially when you look at it from a church perspective. You know, the inner cities have the hardest time getting people in to do quality catechesis and evangelization. And we, we look at it and we say, we want to walk alongside you. So we go into inner cities and we do uh, youth discipleship. It's there's no uh, secret about it that the millennial generation is, depending on who you ask, either really great or really poor. And what we do is we say we want to walk alongside you and give you an experience. And so we we do this big conference. By the way, it's coming up here soon called yeah. Encounter Conference. It's no secret that the families in disarray in modern society. And so what we do is weekly we have a thing called family dinner where we just get together and accompany each other. So anything that we look at and anything that we do, you can kind of just, you'd be safe in putting your money in, like they're accompanying this need in the world that the church, whether it's through regulation or rules or just busyness, isn't really accompanying all that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we do. Yeah. And what do you do? I just tell people what to do, <laughs> and I drink coffee and Diet Coke. And no, I... uh I'm new into this position about five or six months, and right now my primary uh, 
at least it, at least for me, like what I think God is calling from me in this situation is establishing a base foundation for our company. We're, we're really small, man. And it, you know, I mean, like, yeah, we're just small. <laughs> and, and, but God has really been knocking at the door. I feels more like kicking at the door yeah. with places in need that, that want us to come in and help. And so what I've been doing the last five months is, uh, just establishing a base foundation for growth and maintaining and honing in on that vision of who we are so that we don't get caught up in doing things because they sound cool or it's a good idea, but it's really, it's, it's from a sense of a calling. Uh, so it's kind of frustrating at times. It's kind of confusing at times. It's a lot of brain work and I, I kind of, I've become an introvert in this process. I used to be extroverted and every night now I'm like, I need at least 30 minutes of just me time. <laughs> like no talking, no nothing. How does that work um, with a kid? Um, uh, I just leave. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we put, yeah, it, it doesn't all too often work, which is why it continues to stack up on, on me. But yeah, that's what I do, man. I meet with people, make sure everyone's doing well. I pray a lot more than I probably did before just out of necessity and, and, uh, dream and listen to what God wants me to do. But really it's just saying, I'm going to go and do it. Hmm. Uh, so it's a little wild. It's definitely a transition for me. Um, leading a company and a staff and financial stability and projected growth and all of those good things. But at, at my heart, I just really love people. And I think that's a gift that I have in this role is I will always be a missionary at heart. <clears throat> so, you know, constantly looking at our people and saying, you're it's like the eye of Sauron, you know, like when he, <laughs> when he like focuses on you and he's like looking around and then he finally finds the ring and he just can't take his vision off of it. That's like how I feel. That's like what I feel like my call is like yeah. missionaries look at your mission. And then because I'm looking at your mission and the only thing between me and your mission and your people is you. So I want you to turn around. Stop looking at me. Like, look, that's where Jesus is, you know, so. Clint would love that reference because he's as much of a. Lord of the Rings fan is like Chris is. Oh, there we go. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, on a less formal note, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm <laughs> struggling with anxiety today. I was telling Gordon, like, that's why I took the stairs. I'm like, I got to walk some of this out. I don't know what's going on with me today. I don't know if it's like the weather because it looks like it's going to rain, but it's not. Yeah. I don't know if it's my, my kids. Has it been raining up here? No. It's like yesterday a little bit. Shut up. Really? Yeah. Yesterday... Like me and Lizzie were leaving to go to the Brazos, and like, have you ever had like li- a thunder like right above you? Yeah, terrifying. It's so <laughs> so loud. Wow. Okay. Well, I need some of that because I don't want to water my grass. <laughs> so I'm cheap like that. Hashtag missionary living. <laughs> Jesus, water my grass. <laughs> um, we do this thing on here um, where we kind of, kind of, I would ask like. What have you been intaking lately as mm-hmm. far as media goes? Mm-hmm. Like movies, anything. What, what, have you been watching anything new or just as of late listening to anything new? Yeah. Um, so I have such a – I also was telling you, telling you this before we started. I just have such a complicated relationship with social media because like maybe it was like a month and a half ago. I'm like, you know what? Social media is like a really great tool for – uh, you can really reach a lot of people and you can influence a lot and, and make new connections, you know, and me just loving people. Like, it seems like a cool thing. So I, 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 it was a Sunday. I remember 
I made a whole plan for the week, like my Instagram post, this, that, and the other thing. I did it that week, and then I got on like Instagram on Saturday, and I saw something that just really pissed me off, and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> so, so I haven't been on Instagram since. And then, you know, since then, like, uh, I was still on Facebook, but then all this stuff with the church is, like, blowing up. And I, and it was kind of the same deal. Like, all of my friends are posting things. And in the search for truth, like, social media is the last place that you kind of want to, like, go. And I also found myself just getting angry with my friends for stuff they were posting like out of emotion, you right. know, and it's just like everyone's putting their, di- we no longer like hide our diaries under our beds. We have our diaries on our phones. We put it out there for everyone to see yeah. how it felt. So yeah, now I'm off of Facebook. <laughs> um, but as far as what I've been into recently, dude, I just watched this incredible documentary on Fred Rogers um, called Will, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Oh, yeah. It is. The movie? Yes. It's so good. Yeah, that just came out like over the summer. Uh-huh. I wanted to see that. Oh, man, it's fantastic. I, 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 uh. He was an incredible dude. Incredible. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because like, you know, everyone's got their demons, right? Or whatever. But they really paint a picture where it's like he was an incredible dude. And everyone in his life, like, they're doing the documentary and people are like, quoting scripture because Fred Rogers was a minister too. Yeah. But he was controversial because of his goodness. And that's the part I just thought was like, I was crying. He was like a radical figure. Yeah. He was, people hated him. People would say he was gay. They would say that he was uh, doing all these things behind the scenes that uh, the reason he wore the cardigans because he had uh, full sleeve tattoos and stuff like that. And like, none of this is true. (laughs) Like he's like the sweetest guy in the world. And genuinely just, I mean, it's so like, he'd be a part of a door right now. He just loves the people around him to like this degree of like his programming was controversial. Like we watch it now and we're like, you know, the quality of it from the seventies, eighties, nineties. Right. Um, This guy that only owns two sweaters and (laughs) And it's like just a crappy tiger puppet. Like it looks like he got it from like the dumpster and, uh, but he like, tackles controversial stuff mm-hmm. like divorce uh assass- the assassination of jfk the challenger blowing up um all of these like really tough things and yeah i just was really moved by it so I, I that's one thing i've been into um last night i started the nolan batman trilogy again just to <laughs> see if that still holds up and yeah, I, I'm one movie in Batman Begins and it still holds up. Still holds yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. It only gets better from it. It's so it's so good. Uh, yeah, those are those are kind of the things I'm in right now. I'm also kind of like um, doing everything in my power to like find Avengers Four spoilers online, but like I've had no luck. So are they even like? I don't know. Sometimes okay. sometimes that stuff comes out. Yeah, it's and true. And I love it, and I can't wait. I have a patience problem. <laughs> well, I haven't been doing much lately except for playing Ocarina of Time. Oh, I've never played Zelda. Really? Until now. No. Yeah. Ocarina of Time 64? Um, it's on my DS, but it's the same version. Yeah. It's like a little bit remodified. So oh, man. I love cool. that game. I yeah. I mean, I've avoided, not on purpose, Zelda forever. And finally, I was like, I just need to figure out what this hype is about. Mm-hmm. And so my brother who plays, he's like, you know, I'll start with this one. Yeah. That's a great one to start with. Yeah. We have a Nintendo Switch, and my son, yeah, you know, Zeke, he's, like, OCD 
about the Nintendo. He loves Super Mario. He loves the Zelda game on there, which I don't fault him, man. Those are two awesome games. Yeah. But if you love Ocarina of Time, then when you're done, just let me know and you can borrow and play Breath of the Wild because it's fantastic. I love the Zelda games. Yeah, I, I've seen like the parallels online of like Breath of the Wild and Ocarina. It's like almost the same, but yeah. still just like its own thing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, they said, uh, I don't know his name, the guy that made like Nintendo mm-hmm. when they made uh, Breath of the Wild and let him play it for like six hours. He was just climbing trees. <laughs> That's a thing, and <laughs> my son also and does that. Like, do you want to do anything else? And he's like, No, this is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> You do get kind of lost in it, man. Like I, so I bought the Nintendo last year for my kids. No, no, I'm lying. That's I didn't buy it for my kids. I bought it for me, man. That's the truth. I bought it when I was brothers when it comes out. Yeah, and Pokemon. Pokemon's coming out too. Like so pumped for that. Um, But Zeke loves playing it, and the other problem is he loves playing it when he's like taking a deuce. He dropped it in the toilet, and luckily I had insurance on it, so I got a new one. And I'm like, oh, man, I have to play <laughs> Zelda again. And so I've been, like, slowly playing it through again. And it's just as fun. Like, I am I find myself, like, saying, oh, that's awesome. Like, sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. So you already kind of alluded to it. But really there's no topic today as far as, like, an actual movie goes. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to talk about media in general with you. Yeah. And just call this, like, much to do about nothing with <laughs> Jonathan Alexander. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's basically my life. <laughs> So you already said how it makes you mad, but, like, where do you use media Yeah, in everyday life? So, like, outside of work. I mean, you know, like, for me, again, it's just so love-hate, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I have – I was thinking about this as I was driving up here. Like, we've been given a sword and not taught how to use it. And there is a responsibility that's associated with a weapon – and media can be uh, – it could be a force for good or it can be a force for, like, just consistent near occasion of sin. <laughs> and I find myself – like, I love the good part of it, right? Like, people that I haven't seen in decades from college, family members, friends, you know, just, like, sharing in my life. And if you look at, like, my Instagram, like, it's mostly pictures of my family because I try to not make it, like, a work thing. But, like, my family is my life and – it is the thing that challenges me the most. It's the thing I fail at that at the most. It's the thing that I do strive well to to be well in, in the most. And um, so I use it if I'm being transparent. I use it out of addiction because <laughs> I don't know any other. I mean, it's become such second nature to my life. You know, like when I first. I started this process a year and a half ago. Like I need to take breaks from it, you know, um, cause I'm just like way too into it. And, uh, I would find myself like picking up my phone yeah, and, and like going to open it. And I'm like, well, what am I doing? But, right. it, but it was just like motor, like the, my body was just already conditioned to do that. Yeah. So it, yeah, I'd say primarily it's probably addiction. And secondly, it's disconnected connectedness. So, you know, like I don't really need, I feel connected even though I'm not connected. And there's ways to, to really do it in an authentic way, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I take my breaks when I feel like I'm, this is a false sense of connectivity. How uh, would you say you, you could do it authentically? Um, I don't know. I'm still learning <laughs> that. <laughs> and, and, 
that's part of my struggle with media too is that like we project you know like it's hard enough to live in this world and then it, like let's put it into this context right like uh everything going on in the church right now i'm not surprised i'm not necessarily angry i i, I don't know where i feel about all that so when when we're trying to like process things and then we go into a room and there's 50 people yelling right it, it's confusing yeah <laughs> and, and and now we live in a time where like social media allegations are no longer allegations they're indictments right and what you say in that world it, it has it does have influence and things get retweeted things get favorited and liked and circulated only for us to find out in the end, well, actually, that wasn't true. <laughs> you know, so it's in times like this that I, I really want to back away. I don't want to project myself. You know, someone was like the other day, like, you need to post something, like, in response to this, like, put your two cents in. I'm like, my two cents, like, wouldn't make sense right now. Because <laughs> it'd be like, I'm just going to be in the chapel yeah. for an hour if you want to come. <laughs> You know, so there are people I think that are able to do it. I don't know if I'm yet capable of that. I, I find myself sometimes projecting or feeling pressure to say things. And I don't know if it's because I'm Puerto Rican and Italian or. Are what. you an internal processor or external? Oh, man, I don't know. OK, I think I'm internal because I, I was talking to this. I was talking to someone about this yesterday, kind of about all well, you're talking about, like how people project and. It's with the same thing, what's going on right now. And I was, we were talking, well, before we were saying God on that subject, we were just talking about external processors and internal processors. And like, it kind of hit me that like, that's where social media can be like toxic mm -hmm. is because for the external processors, yeah. they're just, it's better to do it in like a group setting of like five or so. Like, sure, you can talk about everything. If you have some people to listen, so you might chime in, but you're just, you need to process. Yeah. And that's healthy. But when you're just like shouting, you're like you said, like to a crowd, like you're someone's on stage, like a concert and they're just externally processing <laughs> to a crowd of yeah. people, then it's not working. And then you have the people in the crowd that are internal processors seeing all this stuff mm. and hearing all this stuff and making and almost having a harder time processing as well. And it's yeah. just this cycle. Uh, so I, in that regard, then I think I'm probably internal, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's not always how it was uh, for me. But I get fired up and I, I don't have I mean, you know me. I don't have a problem with conflict. You know, I think conflict's actually healthy. But there's something about, like, face-to-face. -face. I think it's cowardly sometimes to, to put word vomit, like, on social media because there's no threat of, like, getting punched in the face because you're being a jerk. Or there's no threat of you having to see in someone else how you've hurt them by your words. And there's no delight in seeing in someone else when you've affirmed them or made them happy and the joy on their face. Right. You know, like that's the other part of social media is there actually is a lot that is to be complimented out there. And I just find it very confusing. <laughs> I grew up with dial up internet, man. Like <laughs> this instant access, it, it's just like, I don't know how to explain the internet to my kids. Like they, when, when we're in the car and they're like, why doesn't the iPad work? I'm like, cause we don't have the internet. Well, why not? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's around us. It's, it's, it's here. Just as like, like, how do you explain the internet to a kid? It's yeah. so confusing, right? right. And so, yeah, I just, I, I want to be respectful of it. And so sometimes that means actually taking my 
voice and my myself out of my platform, whatever, however large or small it is, you know. Well, outside of social media, media alone is also movies, music. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel on those things? Do you love those things? Do you hate those things? Oh, I, I'm a, I love movies, and I love books. I mean, I read all the time. I'm a, I'm a movie guy. I mean, like, I have a movie collection of probably, like, 300-plus movies on my iTunes thing. It's just, it, again, it's probably, like, an, an addiction, but... <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I love movies. No, I, it, Marvel movies. I love documentaries. I love um, dramas. My wife and I... And so love the Marvel movies. But then there's, like, other movies that, like, if you go, if you were to scroll through, like, my iTunes thing, it's like, okay, Jonathan clearly didn't buy that. Like, Ocean's 13 or whatever. The, <laughs> or the, the new one that just came out, Ocean's 8. I'm like, I don't know if I'd watch that. <laughs> now you see me too. I don't know if I'd watch that. <laughs> but, yeah, movies, I love movies. And I think that's the power of a good movie. It's something that, communicates a truth yeah on a new level and resonates with you and and like movies that are just like crap are you know like you can go see a movie that's crap and it doesn't like affect your life but like i don't know maybe that's why i like the marvel movies there's like an inner dialogue that happens afterwards or like this mr rogers movie like okay like i'm gonna take a few minutes my wife sarah's always joking because like the first thing i ask when we leave a movie all right, what'd you think? (laughs) You know, and when we were dating, that simple question would lead to like an argument. She's like, I don't know. I'm still processing her, you know? And she just learned that like, after I see a movie, I want to, I do want to be an external processor because I've been internalizing it this whole time, like on the journey with them. So I love good art. I mean, I think you're dumb if you don't love good art. (laughs) And I think reading like an actual book, like a book book is opposed to like, on a screen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a book book, like <laughs> like a pop-up you book. You like physical books, but digital movies. Okay, I see, th- I see that. <laughs> I have digital books, too. I just think there's something different about, like, f- you know, it's like reading it and it's in your hand. No, I, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's weird. Like, I don't like reading scripture on my phone. I, like, I prefer it from, like, my Bible. Okay. Um, if I have to do it on my phone, I will. And you know what? Like, some books I buy on my phone because they're just cheaper. <laughs> I don't know if that's, like, part of the scam of it all. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I love reading. And anything that just challenges me to grow, I think, like, I'm quick to pass on books that I've I've read that affected me and quick to read books that people would. And, and not just, like, any – there's no particular type of book. Like, I often find myself rereading C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy, Paralandria, and those things. Fantastic. Um and then, like, I'm reading a book right now by this guy, Segundo. He's a Chilean priest. It's called Temptation and Discernment, and it's also fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I love all sorts of media. <laughs> I mean, I'm a tech guy. I'm a hands-on guy. Um, and I also have a very complicated relationship with some aspects of media, like some of the far-reaching parts of it. But, like, you know, anything by Christopher Nolan, you can guarantee I'm going to go see that. <laughs> And buy it as soon as it comes out. Right. <laughs> like Dunkirk. Like it was fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. And I've watched it twice, you know, at home. <laughs> like things like that. So, yeah. Uh, so that kind of brings me to a next question. You kind of mentioned, you sort of alluded to it with like talking about where you like to read scripture. But when it comes to either social media or 
movies, books, music, all that, can media help faith life or spirituality? Yeah, no, I I think that's kind of like the double double-edged sword nature of it all, right? It can really help, um, but it could also really damage. And so I, I think when used for good, um, and, I, and I'm probably a little bit more like people would look at me and say I'm maybe a little bit more liberal with my media intake in regards to like movies and stuff because – I'm not as sensitive to violence mm. or language, things like that. Like yeah. I think a good story can still be told and have those components in it, right? Like a Dunkirk or um, things like that. But uh, it, it can be. I think that the thing is, number one, like I just I need I need more wisdom before I intake something. So before I see, hear, or consume any sort of media, like I just really need to have more wisdom in that and. And then more wisdom in the processing part of it because just because a story is powerful doesn't necessarily mean it's good for my soul. Right. So I've had both ends of that, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think it can definitely be a force for good. And, in fact, I think the church is probably like one of the areas I wish I had more skill in. I think guys like you and guys like Hawk, you're so creative. I, You know, I if I could go back in time, I'd tell my – eight-year-old self like don't listen to mom like get into programming like you want to <laughs> comic books will be a thing you were right jonathan you were right you know and like i had this creative side like uh, in art and stuff and and i was pushed more towards uh the sciences but i think the church has a responsibility to enter into that realm and enter into that world and i think not just like the cheesy christian catholic movies you know but like to tell a good story and have it reverberate on a human level the church needs to be engaged in that and and because like we were saying especially like on the social media and there are so many so many voices there that if the church doesn't interject her voice into that like she's not going to be invited into that especially in the current climate you know like no one's saying like let's have the catholic church come into this conversation they're saying like f you you know like the Pope needs to resign. And I'm like, is that even a thing? You know, like, can Pope's just resign? <laughs> like, he's not the president. <laughs> you know, like, it's not a Western thing. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we really, it, it, it comes down to people making good art that points to something beautiful. So that those who maybe are disengaged or disenfranchised with the church can maybe experience her in a new way through that art. It doesn't need to be in your face like, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you know, but themes that the church always centers on, like self-sacrifice and humility and service of the other, like we acknowledge those, everyone loves those stories. Right. So finding a common ground, I think art and media, you know, 100%, we, we need to be more involved. One So so what we, what we do a lot on this show is kind of like, like, I understand what you're saying, but don't you see, like, those themes naturally find their way into films and, like, books already? Yeah, to some degree. I mean, it's – it's uh, it can be confusing because – I'm trying to think of a specific example, right? Like, okay, so a few years ago, I really hated, like – I would not see like a horror movie. Okay. And everyone's like, would get on me about it. And then finally I was like, okay, I think Sarah was out of town. It was just me and Zeke. And so 
I'd put Zeke to bed and then we'd watch like a scary movie every night. Right. Um, a movie like the right terrifying. Um, but it ends on a positive note where like good is victorious. Right. Um, I don't like movies that can have like the scary part of it, but it still ends ambiguous. Like the scary movie where, yay, they won. And there was self-sacrifice and this and that and the other thing. And then there's like the fifth, the five second clip at the end. Oh no, like the ghost or the demon or the bad guy's still out there, you know, and like evil still persists. So I think there are movies out there that do portray those qualities and do point to it. I think there are movies that are misleading in that. Okay. All I guess my clarification would be we just need good Catholic men and women to be helming those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that there is an intentionality behind it, you yeah. know? No, that makes sense. So you kind of look at movies as like beginning to end? Yeah. Okay. I do. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hate movies that don't end well. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I loved Infinity War because I thought even though it wasn't like an, a, a hopeful end, when you look at this, the scope of everything they did, like it was really well done, you know, like and, and, and it ended kind of on this note, like you could really identify with the antagonist. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard. I just want more Catholic men and women to be doing good and creative and cool things, you know. And in a quiet place, a quiet place, fantastic example of it, right? Of of what like I love about a movie like that movie. I think Bishop Barron said it was like the most Catholic movie he's yeah. seen all year, and it absolutely is. <laughs> I mean, I saw it in theaters, and when you're in a theater in with dead silence, dead silence, man, I've never. It was an experience. Yeah, like stuff like that. And John Krasinski, well known Catholic man, you know, like he's very faithful. He attends a mass at one of my priest friends' parish out east. Um, and I love that because no, when people think of John Krasinski, they don't think of Catholic. No. And they don't think of Catholic being anything to do with it. They, they think, think of, of the office. Jim. <laughs> yeah. You know, they might think of A Quiet Place Now. Right. So they people would want interested in his story, want to talk to him, love the work that he does. It's respectable. It's creative. And then to find out that at the heart of all of this is Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. Right. That's what I'm getting at. You know, like men like that, I really admire. I'm not saying he's a saint um, or he's perfect, but he's probably better than me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm also one that like loves or not loves like the ending of a movie can make or break yeah. a movie. It's kind of like seeing a band live and they're actually terrible, but they're on the album. They're great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great analogy. <laughs> um, but what about a movie that has a bad beginning, but the ending's fantastic? I'm more willing to forgive that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I probably won't revisit it as much. I, I mean, I just want consistency in it. But, like, yeah, that's the thing about A Quiet Place is that it uh, it grabs your attention in the first five minutes. Right. And it holds that, and, yeah. it, and it only gets better. Yeah, I love that they didn't, like, hide what was going on. They're like, mm-hmm. this is what happens, Yeah, and this is what we're, like, up against. Uh-huh. Okay, let's watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're in. Yeah. Because you know the stakes are real for yeah. these characters. You know the struggle. You have questions. You kind of dropped in the middle of it. But it ends resolutely, and it's, and it's also heroic in its ending. And it's virtuous in its ending. And 
the whole father aspect and then the mother protecting her children. This and that. I mean, there, there's so many themes that go into it that I just really find fantastic. And, and the beauty of it, again, is it represents the church well. There's so much Christology in that movie and, like, Mary references throughout the whole thing. You know, if you take a look at it, like the Holy Family kind of thing. But let's strip it of that. It's still a great story. Right. I love that. That's that's more what I'm looking for. So beginning, more willing to forgive. Um, a bad ending, though. Nah, man. I can't walk out. I can't walk out feeling like that. Like I almost want a refund. <laughs> you know? Cool. Well, that's all I have. Do you have anything else you want to say to the people? No, man. <laughs> that's all I got. Thanks for having me, dude. Thanks for being on. Yeah, sorry um, I talked so much. Yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, it was more Q&A, but that worked out. Um, you guys know where to find us. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, message us. Let us know what you want to hear from us. But as for now, thanks for joining us on the adventure. <laughs>